Who do you listen to? Who are you speaking to? Who do you surround yourself with? Who are those blessing your intellect? It's very, very important because those people, those individuals, those videos you're watching, those books you're reading, the authors of those books, you're learning from them. They are a type of therapy, counseling for you. Don't just exist without blessing yourself. Hey, hey, people, it's your girl Esther Ray, and this is not for my village people. I think perspective is actually a gift. It's a gift to have a different perspective to the other person you are having conversations with, and it just makes it all interesting, isn't it? So on this platform, we're going to share personal stories. Be open-minded, listen in, pick what you can pick from it, do you understand? on different topics because we're going to be talking about different topics from friendship to marriages to life happenings to growing up to backgrounds to careers to businesses so different people will be coming on this platform and i'm looking forward to sharing my perspectives my stories and exciting informations just for you to learn from it it won't be new things that you've not heard before but i'm hoping this platform will serve as a kind of a reminder for you to connect back to that that you need to connect to once again it's not for my village people guys thank you it's going to be another special one tonight (laughs) because i want to talk about something i can hardly pronounce so i've been told you've probably read my bio by now if you're clicking on this podcast And you know I'm a West African girl from Nigeria and a Yoruba girl. And I am one of that struggle with the letter H. (laughs) I can't seem to get the right way to pronounce it. And today I want to talk a little bit about healing. (laughs) Did I get the right? Yeah, before we jump into it, you know, as usual, let's start with the regular ways we do it. Heal yourself. Find yourself, know yourself, correct yourself, see yourself, love yourself, be yourself and respect yourself. And sisters, misters, please stop looking for happiness in the same place you lost it. Every time your heart is broken, a doorway cracks open to a world full of new beginnings, new opportunities. And the truth of the matter is, if you restore balance in your own self, trust me, you will be contributing immensely to the healing of the world. It's your girl Esther Ray, and this is another episode of Not For My Village People. Yes, it's been a minute. And yeah, it's always good to be behind my Blue Yeti microphone doing what I love to do. And today, do you know what? I just wanted to, it's like a kind of a reminder that we all carry baggage. We all carry baggage and we're all looking for healing. So people, take this as a reminder to go and find healing. <laughs> yes, heal. Heal. I don't know. Am I getting the pronunciation? Anyways, you just have to take tonight as it is. You know, you've got to take today's as it is. I'm recording this at night anyway, so because I said tonight earlier. But yeah, when it comes to healing, There are different ways to address it. That we can heal emotionally, psychological baggages. But yeah, there are a few things, obviously, that we can always do. 
And lately, I've just found myself, I find myself making decisions, and maybe just not lately, but maybe as a result of self, self-retro, uh, self-awareness. I've been, I've seen, looked into some of my decisions, and I noticed that I'm making some decisions and taking some steps as a result of some baggages that I carry. What baggages do you carry? One of my baggages is police phobia. <laughs> you probably don't know. I'm one of those little girls that I've grown into, you know, a woman now. <laughs> yeah, grown into a woman now, but I I don't like the police. I am actually scared of the police. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes when you want to scare little girls, you're like, oh, or little kids generally. We're like, I will, will report you to the police. Don't don't say that to me. Don't report me to the police, please, guys. <laughs> Answer. Yeah. And it's because I've had a few experiences with them that are not palatable. Mm-mm, not good ones. No, no, not good ones at all. I feel like my very first experience, I think I, I told the story very briefly on some previous episodes on this platform where, you know, okay, my journey to Belgium. So I was picked up at the airport because I was being transferred to Highland. I was supposed to be going to Highland to, to meet my dad. But then I got to Belgium. And at the airport, so there was a stopover from my flight tonight from Nigeria to wherever I was going to, to Highland anyways. And I will stop over in Belgium and they checked some of the documents I had with me and it was incomplete. So I couldn't travel from Belgium to Highland. Calls were made, everything was put in place. And unfortunately, because of the rules or laws at the time, it would have taken them two years to put all that I needed to have in place together before they could get me out of Ireland. And unfortunately, unfortunately for me, the law that governed Belgium at the time did not give them the authority (laughs) to deport me. So I've been deported to Nigeria. So yeah, they were stuck with this teenager. And that was how I got into the system in Belgium. But it was such a shocker because I was of this mindset that I was going to Ireland to meet my dad. And now I'm stuck in between, especially in a country where they don't speak English. And I'm there like, okay, you know, when you're about to check in. And it was my very first experience traveling abroad as well by myself. And I got to the immigration desk. I presented my documents like I was supposed to. And they wouldn't tell you anything. They'd ask you the necessary question, I guess. Now I understand. Now that I'm older, I guess I understand. They might be thinking, oh, maybe this is one of, you know, one of those was a human trafficking situation, which was actually quite rampant at the time. This was back in Y2K season then. So you can imagine over 20, almost 23 years ago now. And I remembered I was just, they asked me the questions I was answering. I felt like I was answering the questions at least to the best of my knowledge. But before I knew it, I looked my right and my left and there were police officers standing there about to guide me to you know where I call and still call and will always refer to as airport jail I was scared obviously like oh my goodness and you would not know that that would actually it scarred me that was my very first experience with the police they were nice to the you know to the best of my of their knowledge I guess (laughs) they were nice to me they obviously put me in a supposed room where they obviously passed my food to me on the door and all of this jaggers I won't go into the nitty-gritty of whatever (laughs) happened after that but my second experience with the police now why I try as much as possible to be a good driver and make sure everything I need to be in order in my car is actually in order because I don't want to be stopped. 
I don't want to be questioned. I feel like if that ever happens to me, I probably would just pee myself. <laughs> if I get stopped by a police officer, I'll probably just, you know, go on there and it will be worse because they will be like, why is she nervous? But touch wood, I have not had that situation where I am placed here in a close, close corner with police officers. <laughs> it's funny, right? But it's also as a result of some of the baggages I'm carrying. My husband has come to understand it now. And he knows even if he's sitting on the passenger seat when I'm driving, he knows, yeah, girl is going to be driving as good a girl as she can be. Most especially if there is a cop car in front of me, behind me, next to me. Oh, Lord, I will not want to move any closer to them at all. So you would have that, you know, the, the whatever, if you did, I'm sure, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a driver, you definitely passed your driving test. You know, the law is that we leave a car, a car space in between our car in front of us. Yeah, I will be doing that and even some extras <laughs> if there was a cop car in front of me, behind me, by my side or whatever. Yeah, that's me. One of the baggages I carry. The second experience I had with the police, oh Lord, the popo. Popo. <laughs> okay, it was a situation also, I think in my early 20s or maybe late teens. Um, at the time I had to travel to I had to travel a distance to school and I lived in a very remote area in Belgium where the buses would stop at night. But as a hustler, babe, you know, always hustling. I would go to uni and from uni I would go to work and from work I had to come back home. But yeah, the thing is by the time I get to my neighborhood, there will be no buses to take me home. And cabs in Europe. Have you ever taken a cab in Europe before? Try it. Just go to the Netherlands or to Belgium. <laughs> or to Belgium. And you know what I'm talking about. It's luxury here in the UK, by the way. You can take a cab and it's £7 to wherever. My sister is always hopping on a cab down to mine. Ever so often and I'm thinking, mm, if only you lived in Belgium. You'll probably get on the bus at some point. <laughs> but yeah. So there were no buses and I couldn't take the cab because if I were taking the cab, then there was no point me working anyways, because my day rate at McDonald's at the time, I was working McDonald's shift back to back after uni. Yeah, it would never have been enough for me to take a cab. So as the government child that I am, a lot of you know, I say this a lot. I was a government child in Belgium as an asylum seeker. I went to the state house. It's like the council here in the UK. We have access to it. We government children. We children in the system. We have access to them, like direct access. So I had my social worker and all of that stuff. So I just went to my social worker and I explained things like, you know what? I want to keep working and I want to keep going to school. But I can't get, seems to get back home at a reasonable time. Is there something you can help with? So she advised me. She said, you know, I'll put an advert out in the, you know, the corner shops, uh, supermarkets in the neighborhood for whoever is looking for like a, like a side also that could potentially pick me up and drop me off at home late at night. So some, obviously I did that and eventually found someone. Storytelling time, right? Just about some of the baggages I carry <laughs> and my popo, my fear of the popo. Anyways, I started with this gentleman that would pick me up very nice. He would pick me up and he would drop me off at home and it was way cheaper than I would ever been able to pay an actual cab driver. He said he needed the hustle. He needed the extras anyways. And this particular night, I think I, was, I must have been chatting with my sister on either... BB Blackberry phone on a Blackberry phone or 
maybe on Yahoo Messenger, but it was mobile. I was on my phone and I was chatting. I got off the train. The, my supposed driver or the guy that was helping me up, the man, he was at this point, he had changed the pickup point, which was still okay for me. So I just stopped at like, I think like a train stop away from the normal. I stopped there and got out of the train waiting for him as usual, because he would just drive. He would just drive or let me know where it was parked and I would go in the car. He would drop me at home. But on this particular day, I was still waiting for him. So I thought maybe he was running late, obviously. And I stood in front of the train station on my phone. And before I knew it, I was surrounded by six police officers. Yeah, yet again. I'm like, Jesus. But anyways, on this particular day, it was just two police officers at, to start with. So I started chatting with one of them in Dutch. I was like, oh, it's a cold night. I think it was a cold night that night. I Like, it's a cold night and all of that stuff. And he responded, but it was pretty cold. But before I could even think about the next conversation to have, I was surrounded by six police officers. One was collecting my laptop. I had my laptop with me. One was collecting my phone so I wouldn't reach out to anybody. And they were leading me to the car. And I thought, what did I do? What's going on? So they spoke, they responded to me in Dutch. They're like, oh, I just needed to go with them to the station. So I was obviously, I don't know if you've ever been in a cop car before or been arrested. <laughs> I was placed in the middle. There was a, a police officer on my left, another police officer on my right. There was one in front and there was another one driving. Okay, I think five police officers. Yes. There was another one driving. And while we we're going, I was obviously not comfortable. My heart was actually beating. I could hear the heart beat, my heart beat in my head at this point. But I was still trying to be calm and collected. Like, okay, after how many years? They can't decide to deport me right now, right? And I'm even legal in the country. <laughs> well, what could I have done wrong? So they started asking me questions. Where was I coming from? And I was trying to ask, okay, what have I done? Where am I going? Why am I being taken to the police station? But no one would answer me. But they, it was okay for them to ask me questions. So I just responded to all the questions they were asking me. Where are you coming from? And I explained to them, I go to uni in Brussels. I work in Mechelen at the time. And I live in Reiti. And I was explaining the distance and all of that stuff. Okay, so they said, oh, that's interesting. They even made a joke. They said, oh, so one day with all this you're studying. So one day you could be our boss. I said, of course, why not? I could be your boss. <laughs> but obviously I still wasn't comfortable. We got to the police station. I am above age, by the way, at this time. So I was over the age of 18. So they had to do every check that they could do, that they needed to do, you know, the coughing, the bending and squatting and the coughing. Yes, I had to do all of this. I was already shivering at this point. A very kind police officer still doesn't change my mind about what I feel about them. She then decided to tell me why I was at the station. And she asked if I knew the man that was driving the car that I was about to get into or that they've been watching us. And I'm like, oh... Not really. So I explained the story and narrated the story and I told them, oh, my social worker was the one that advised me to do this. But I personally do not know this man. I don't know where he lives. I don't know anything about him, but I believe he lived in our neighborhood, which was why he could pick me up, drop me off. And it was not a big deal for him, just for him to earn some extra change on the side. At the end of it all, it was clear to me that this person that had been picking me up and dropping me off. The car he was using was a stolen vehicle and he was a drug dealer. <laughs> yes, he was a drug dealer. He trafficked drugs. I was like, what? 
no way it's impossible and I became even more scared like oh my goodness my life so all they did was to verify my story they had to call the council they made all their verification it was confirmed and I was by this time so I'm talking about past midnight obviously I did say 9 p.m was the last time I could take a bus I don't get back to my you know to the nearest train station to my house I don't get there until about half 11 ish at night so by this time, we're talking about half to quarter to 3 a.m. in the morning. By the time they finished all their verification checks and they were not about to let me go. They asked me to leave the station. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is there's no way I could get home. I don't have anybody in this country to pick me up. Nobody can pick me up. I'm alone here. Nobody can pick me up. But they said to me, they said, that's my punishment. I should have done my verification checks, check the license, check the car whatever to make sure that the car belonged to this person and just be extra careful so my punishment as a potential I think I was 19 or 20 year old young lady was for the policeman to ask me to leave the station before 3 a.m in the morning and find my way home and I still obviously could not afford a cab to take a cab home but they asked me to leave the station you have no idea what it works I did before I could get home. I managed to even to get home that particular day. But see the buildup of this situation, yeah? Another one, <laughs> another po-po experience I had was on this summer afternoon, I lived on the, this particular apartment. I lived on the second floor of my apartment and it was summer. Just how the weather has been so hot in the UK now. And a lot of you are actually leaving your windows open. I did the same thing this beautiful afternoon. And I was just chilling there in my apartment. And oh my goodness, this period, I was actually waiting for those of you that may know, you know, and maybe not. I don't think it's a situation in, in the UK. But if you're an asylum seeker in Europe, you would get some kind of documents. You would get like a an annual document where you then extend it and then two years and then three years, four years, five years. At this particular point, anyways, between this period, my documentation to stay legal in the country had expired. And I was waiting for a letter to go and renew it. And the letter had been delayed. God knows why. I don't know. But in Belgium at the time as well, that year then, I don't know if it still happens now. Wherever you're going in Belgium, you have to take your document, your ID, your identification document with you everywhere you go to. Maybe not your passport, which is one of the reasons why we have an ID card. So you have to, if you don't take your ID cards with you, it's just like a driver's license. If you get stopped by a police officer and you don't have it on you, they could either arrest you or give you a fine. If they are able to find you on the system that you're actually a legal immigrant in the country, they will give you a fine that you don't have your ID card with you. Because mine had expired during this period, I was obviously limiting my leaving my apartment because I didn't want to get arrested. And go through a stories they had or something and having them do all this verification it was just a whole long-winded process that I didn't want to be a victim of but I was in my apartment and suddenly I had this knock on my door no it was there is no way I can describe this knock if I'm not doing it for you to actually hear it oh my goodness the banging was out of this world 
and they were screaming, open the door, open the door. It's the police. It's the police. Open the door. Sisters, misters, I contemplated jumping out of my apartment. <laughs> I don't even think if I remembered if it was because of the document that expired or just the fear of why are they banging up my door like that? It was just my next thought was, let me jump. And if I had jumped out of my apartment, oh, I will not be doing this podcast right now. That's all you've got to know. It was a tall building. So despite the fact that it was a second, I was on the second floor. If I survived it, then maybe God just meant for it to happen. My village people would have been, you know, celebrating it, honestly. But it wasn't the case. I decided to summon courage and respond. What do you want? And then they screamed back at me that I should open the door. Do the door open. Do the door open in Dutch, obviously. Open the door. So I eventually opened the door with, again, my heart beat. I could hear it in my head. And I probably already peed on myself. (laughs) Nasty, right? Yeah, I know. I opened the door and they were like, the next question they asked me was, where is your neighbor? Have you seen your neighbor recently? Are you flipping kidding me? You almost just made me commit suicide because you wanted to ask about my neighbor? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you're thinking right now, I am also thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken, 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 baggage, 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 baggage. Emotional damage. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they put me through that. And then I like respond like, I don't even know my neighbor. I'm hardly home. The only reason I'm home now is because my documents has expired. I'm waiting for the letter to go and renew it. <laughs> yeah. It was such a period of my life living in Belgium. But yeah, just going back to we all carry baggage and we should find healing. It's very important that we do not we do not take lightly some things that we've gone through. For those of you that know, I probably have said it several times on this podcast as well. Who do you listen to? Who are you speaking to? Who do you surround yourself with? Who are those blessing your intellect? It's very, very important because those people, those individuals, those videos you're watching, those books you're reading, the authors of those books, you're learning from them. They are a type of therapy counseling for you. Don't just exist without blessing yourself. People will react differently to it. I feel like my friend, my close buddies, they know that by now that I have police phobia. Yes, I don't go to the airport or be around anything or anywhere that I know there will be police officers at and be a type of way. I'm a good girl around, not that I'm a good girl certain times and now, but I'm always a good girl around police officers. I don't just move any out. It's unfortunate because I know they're human beings, but my experience with them has not been that all the nicest ones ever. So I take you around them. Now that's a baggage I carry. I'm working on it. I'm healing from it. One of the ways I'm healing from it, my husband knows, I will never go and pick up a jalopy somewhere. I don't drive the best cars, but I would like, I love to pick my car new. So everything is intact and I don't get stopped. 
that's one of my prayers all the time. Like, I don't want to get stuff because I'll probably flinch in a way that they would suspect that I have something that I don't have. And, you know, God forbid. So even when I lived in the state very briefly, uh, at some point I moved to the state to try and test the waters. I don't know what I was thinking then, you know, I probably in my head or something. And I didn't get, I didn't go get it checked, <laughs> tried living in the state. It just didn't work out. But even then as well, I, not, I you wouldn't see me outside just anyhow, just loitering around. No, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. And I would not drive a, way, a type of way that I will be required to speak to any police officer. Yeah. So, but whatever it is that we're going through is very, very important. Like I always say, it's not like I am perfect with all those things. I've just told you one of my baggages and I'm still healing from it. But obviously I'm ticking all the boxes that I need to tick. So I don't have to face them. Or even if I do have to face them, it's not a situation whereby I'm guilty. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So support groups, look for support groups in your local community or even online things are easy. BetterHelp, I don't know if you've all heard about BetterHelp, where they provide therapy services. No, they're not sponsoring this podcast. No, it's just a platform that I know. Virtually, you can access people to talk to, talk with, have conversations with, and ease yourself of some of the baggages that you're carrying. It's very important for you to connect with others who have similar experiences and that they can provide you validation or understand or have a sense, like a kind of a sense of belonging to what you're going through, because some people will never understand it. My husband still does not understand my fear of the police, but I've told him, I guess he gets it now, but he's like, you know what? They won't do nothing. He's always, move, you've got to move, move. You're you're driving on the 20, they're going to stop you now. So it, it reminds me that I'm okay now and I can move, I can drive, I can speak to them. I can have conversations with them because they are human beings as well. But I do need those pull around me to reaffirm it to me in order for me not to pee myself. Self-help resources. Like I said before, what books do you read? There are resources out there that can provide insights, tools, techniques, strategies to help you navigate your healing journey. But the question is, are you ready to heal as well? Are you looking to heal? Are you tired of your brokenness or the baggage you're carrying around? And this can be different type of things. It could be relationship as well. Like I said, I said no, recently I noticed I've been making some decision as a result of some of the baggages I'm carrying. Like, you know, not wanting friends to disappoint me or just be a type of way. So if I notice some things that are not, because there are some relationships I've dragged along, despite the fact that I know I've never been cool with it. But yeah, it's just comfort zone, isn't it? And then you're comfortable there. It's what you know. You know the saying, which I still think is wrong in most of the situations we use it in is the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. Like, I don't want to know any devil and I want to get to know the angel. If the angel is an angel, then you know what? Maybe good for me. Good for me. I don't want to keep knowing devils and sticking with the devil because the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. So mindfulness and meditation as well. Whatever mindfulness practices that you can engage in, go ahead and do it to heal yourself or to at least drop some baggages. If it's your thought, like I said, relationship, friendship, some decisions, leadership. I was on a trip away and I'm going to tell you guys all about the trip very soon in another episode. But 
one of the people I went on the train with was saying we did this particular test and she came up as a different, it was a different result for her. And she said, oh, she actually knows it. She knows that she's not, she finds it difficult to make decisions. She doesn't decide quickly. She waits for confirmation. She likes to fact check things and she just doesn't go for it. And, you know, if you're a leader or if you want to be a type of person, you've got to take risk. You've got to be willing to take risk. And that was what she was saying, that she knew that things like that they grow as a result of what happened to you some of the things that we've been through maybe a decision she's made in the past that did not work out for her and she regretted it and now it's influencing how she's now operating in this supposed boss lady life that she's supposed to believe in but she's unable to do that because she's second guessing herself all the time or maybe we move around people or we're talking to people that also fuels the need to doubt ourselves. Are people celebrating you? Are you being celebrated? Do you believe in your own strength and your own skills as well? Are you doing all the necessary things that you need to do in order for you to know? Do you know what? I'm on a good track. I'm on the right track. It's like typing out a note and then putting it on chat GPT to rewrite it for you. Just to make sure the spelling checks are okay. The other day I was doing it with someone and the person was like, oh, actually not a lot of difference from what I typed before. That reaffirmed to him that, you know what? I actually write good. I'm a good writer. You know, I can... can write very well i can write very well so again sometimes we just need that affirmation we just need that confirmation as well to know to help us through our healing process okay are you exercising physical activities as well there are some hormones that helps you that you know when released it reduces stress it improves your mood and increases Overall, well, today I took, I went to take, um, because I've got a fever and it can be bad depending on the season. And I felt like it was starting to be bad because I couldn't sleep. Even I tried using some sleeping tablets and it didn't work for me. And I've been hearing about this injection that you've got to take for you to feel better. It's a steroid injection, kilonoid or something like that it's called. And when I got to the clinic where I was going to take the injection today, the side effect was mind-blowing. And I thought, oh my goodness, do I still want to do this? Because I left home casually telling my husband that, you know what, I just want to go get that injection. I didn't tell him because I didn't look through it. I didn't read through it as well to understand, oh, this is, this is a lot, a lot, lot. And I remember taking the injection and the doctor was reminding me of the side effects, mood swings and all of these things. And I'm like, oh, I need to get home and tell this man, because if I start to behave a type of way, at least, you know, is because of the steroids that I've just had injected into me. But yeah, it is what it is. So sometimes we need to regulate things by exercising so we can release some positive hormones to ourselves. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a regular thing. Regular thing, if you know you carry some type of baggage, it could be responses. It could be how you interfere in people's situations. Recently, I was telling my sister that I feel like when it comes to finances, that I may be ruining some relationship with some finance-related stuff. Because sometimes when I see that, when I notice people are, you know... I don't believe in having money in in the bank while someone is going through another struggle. So if I can afford it, if I have it and you discuss this financial difficulty with me, I would offer, I would rather offer to assist you with it in the, with the hope of you paying back. But then, you know, when money enters situation, yeah, people can be very funny. And sometimes they didn't mean to actually be funny. It's just that they're not comfortable now anymore around you because they believe you see them a type of way. But it should, sometimes it's not even the case because 
life is hard life is difficult and we're just we're all trying hustling we're all working hard to be better at it to understand it and not even this recession period where you know everybody's struggling like I keep telling my friends I'm still on maternity leave because sisters misters you know what this girl has got to get back out there and start working it's almost a year now and I need to see some money coming into my bank account <laughs> more than the regular. So I need to, I need to see something moving, moving up and, you know, increasing some muscles and, and things like that. But whatever the case may be in your situation, here is just your reminder that don't be your own village people. The village people are not always in the village. Sometimes we are the village people. Look at yourself in the mirror. Are you your own village people? If you have any baggages you've identified and you recognize that you're carrying what are you doing to heal yourself off it? Go and find healing people. It's out there. And whatever I'm pronouncing, is it healing, heal, whatever. I meant the H-E-A-L-I-N-G, healing. <laughs> God help us on this journey. I've been doing a lot of listening and trying to help this, my, or, or burn this bridge of not being able to pronounce H. But Hopefully I'll get there someday, but I'm on the journey as well. And I'm trying to heal. Okay. All right. It's not for my village people again, guys. Uh, this is just another episode to remind you that we all carry baggage, whatever the case may be in your situation. Hopefully you resonate with this after listening to it, but please do not forget, follow, like, share with your friends and family, not just with your friends and family, but share with those people you feel like are village people in your situation. And recently, I actually heard someone I thought was one of my village people listens to my podcast. Thank you guys for sending and sharing my podcast with people generally, because if not, some people will not know I have a podcast. Now that's a joke, but still... Thank you all so much for the love that you've been sharing on this platform. It's really encouraging for me to come up here, sit down behind my Blue Yeti microphone and do the do. Have a blessed day whenever you're listening to this or afternoon or night. It's your girl, Esther Ray. Bye for now.